Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Father, thank you for being being our God, allowing us to be your people, allowing us to be a part of what you were trying to do in the world, allowing us to shout it from the mountain, allowing us to, to take your word, your message, your compassion, your love, to be your hands and feet in this community around the world. Thank you for including us, not only in your love, but also in your mission and who you are. God, as we come to scripture today, would you teach us? When we hear these ancient words, will they come to us today? And most importantly, again, we pray, Father, would you teach us how to love better? We pray this in the name of the one who is love. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, great to see you this morning. Uh, let me uh, also welcome you to Faith Christian. Glad we can spend this time uh, together this weekend. Thanks for making this a part of your holiday weekend, whether you're in the room or you're tuned in online. Uh, we're glad we get to get to s- share together today. Uh, some stuff I need to let you know about, so if you just bear with me for a minute, we, I, I need to make sure that we're all on the same page about what's going on these next couple of weeks, because I don't want you to miss anything uh, that, uh, that you want to be a part of. The uh, first thing you need to know is that next Sunday, we are back to two services. Um, our summer ends here on Labor Day weekend, and so uh, next Sunday, we are back at 9 o'clock and at 10.30. So we hope that you will be here or tuned in online at both of those times. Uh, 9 o'clock and 10.30, our Faith Kids programming, that will happen uh, during the 10.30 service, uh, as it was before we went to just the one service for the summer. So Faith Kids happens at 1030. Uh, we've got services at 9 and 1030. Both those services will be live streamed. And so we, uh, we hope that you'll be here for part of that. And we are kicking off our fall s- season together next week, which also means that our faith students, that's our middle school and high school group, uh, faith students begin next Sunday evening at six o'clock. And so if you've got a kid in middle school or high school, you want to be sure that they're plugged in and a part of that beginning next Sunday night um, at six. Also need to let you know, whew, I'm told you there's a lot. That's, that's next week. But coming up in the month of September is a couple of great things happening as well. Our Tuesday morning ladies Bible study, uh, that's going to kick back off actually this week on Tuesday. Uh, they're going to do a brunch at uh, What's Cooking at 10 o'clock this Tuesday morning. And then the following Tuesday, uh, the ladies will be meeting here on Tuesday mornings uh, for the Tuesday morning ladies Bible study. The Tuesday evening ladies Bible study is scheduled to start um, the first week of October, first Tuesday night of October, October 4th. So ladies, mark your calendars for that. You can see Lori Keeney uh, for more information. Next, coming up towards the end of this month, we've got a great event. It's the next of our big events for our 25th anniversary celebration, and it is a, we're calling it a low country boil. We did this several years ago. We're going to just eat food outside and have a great time. Uh, but that's on, it's coming up September 25th. You can go to our website, fccnp.org, and register for that. We need to know how much food to have prepared for that uh, wonderful event. Uh, we'll have a lot of time uh, visiting with each other, eating delicious food, uh, talking about some of the stories from our 25 years uh, that you, you're going to want to hear and be a part of that um, as well. So that's coming up September 25th. We'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks as that draws closer. And also, we've got another event planned in October. 
Uh, we're calling Flannel by the Fire. And out in the atrium, there's some cards on the windows to the office uh, area. Uh, if you could grab one of those cards and help us fill the supplies we need to pull off that Flannel by the Fire. That's going to kind of be a community fall festival type event. And we need some stuff to make that happen. If you can help us uh, by picking up a bag of marshmallows or graham crackers or I don't know. She's got a, Karen's got tons of stuff on that, on that wall out there. So see that. See if you can, if you can pick up one, one or two of those things and bring them in and just help us keep our costs down to pull off a great event. Uh, that's coming up towards the end of October. Uh, so you look forward to that. I think, one, two, three, four, I think that's all the announcements I needed to say today. Whew. It was a lot. I told you. I warned you. It was a lot. So let's, let's move on into our sermon time this morning. We are wrapping up uh, this morning our uh, summer teaching. Uh, we began this summer by teaching through the fruits of the Spirit, talking about as a follower of Jesus. Here's some things that show up in our lives. And we transitioned a couple of weeks ago into this second part of this series, talking about some of the things that as a follower of Jesus, the Bible says that you are. These are things that Scripture teaches that you, as you follow Jesus— these are, these are characteristics of you. These are things that you are. And so we began a couple of weeks ago by saying this is kind of my big statement for the whole, these, these whole four weeks, that when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are. So here's some things that Scripture says that you are. As a follower of Jesus, the Bible says you are these things. When you know that you are these things, then you're going to know what to do. So we talked the first week about that you are an ambassador. You are the highest-ranking diplomat sent from a king to a foreign nation. And our, this world is not our home. We are residents of the kingdom of God. And so God has sent us on a mission to be his ambassador. A couple weeks ago, we learned that we are more than a conqueror. That yeah, life is rough sometimes. But through God's power, because God says we are more than a conqueror, he will work through us to his good. Even if it's not exactly how we want it to play out, God will work towards the good. We are more than a conqueror. Last week, I hope you were here, probably my favorite lesson in all of these, well, I kind of like today's too, we'll get to it in a second, is that we are reminded that we are a masterpiece, that you are created by God, that you are God's prized masterpiece. You are a work of art. And it's important we know these things the Bible says we are, because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. So today I want to remind you something that Jesus says that you are. And Jesus tells us, that as followers of him, that you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the... Is that microphone wigging out again? Just give me that one. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, you can hear me now, can't you? All right. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. The salt of the earth and the light of... What an important statement. And I want you to realize who you are in Christ because when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Listen to how Jesus says. This is Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So Jesus says here in verse 13 that you are the salt of the earth. Well, you say, well, okay, that's, I get salt. We, we eat it. We have to watch our salt. Was well, that good? Is that good? What is salt? Well, in the context in which Jesus was originally speaking these words in this ancient first century culture, his listeners would have known that salt was the second most important commodity on earth in this moment in history. They thought the, the, first, the, the most important commodity, number one, was the sun. And the second, number two, besides the sun, they thought the second most important thing on the planet was salt because of all that salt could do back in the time before refrigeration and all of our modern conveniences. In fact, in ancient Rome, people were often paid for their labor in salt. That's how valuable salt was. And at the end of the day, you would receive salt 
for your payment, for your work. That's where we get our phrase, he ain't worth his salt. That's where that phrase comes from. If you've ever heard that before, it's because people were actually paid in salt in this ancient culture. Jesus says, that's what you are. You are the salt of the earth. Think about it. Think about a few things that salt does. You know this. You, you, you learned this in science, but we know that salt preserves. Salt preserves. If you're a Christian, you should be a divine preserver, helping people to find eternal life, to live forever with God in heaven. Salt pre- preserves. Uh, next, salt flavors. Salt just makes the food taste better, doesn't it? And of course, some people, like my mom, they thought that salt was, was a flavor, so they just kept putting the salt on the flavor. We'll talk about that another day. But as the salt of the earth, we make the world better. We make our community better. That's who we are as the salt of the earth. Salt also purifies. In a very impure world, you should be a, an agent of purification, representing the kingdom of God and holiness in a very impure world. Salt purifies. Salt creates thirst, doesn't it? Go to a Mexican restaurant for lunch today. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to bring you a big old basket of chips and salsa, right? Why are they going to bring you that big basket of chips? Do you think it's because they're just really nice and want you to have free stuff? No. They want you to get thirsty so you'll buy more margaritas. That's why they bring you those chips because salt creates thirst. As a Christian, when you are so full of God's transforming love, when we are the salt of the earth, you will create a divine thirst in other people where they'll say what, what, what is it about you that's different? Why do you have so much joy? What is it that you have? I want what you have salt creates thirst salt also melts <laughs> we live in Ohio, we get this one right <laughs> we know how this works if the road or the sidewalk is covered in snow and ice what do we do? We throw out salt which helps the ice melt off the surface so we can walk or drive safely in the same way you with the warmth of the love of God can melt hard, cold hearts and soften them to be receptive to the things of God. Salt melts. Finally, salt heals. Salt heals. If you've ever gone to the beach for a summer vacation and you've got maybe a little boo-boo on your knee and you jump into the ocean and that salt water hits that knee, what's the first thing you do? Woo! It stings, doesn't it? What's happening is that salt water is helping to cleanse out that wound. It speeds up the healing process. Way back in the day when Megan and I lived near the beach, every time I'd start to get a sinus infection, I'd just go swimming in the ocean. I'd just jump into a couple of waves head first and let that salt water just clean my head out, just wash my, heal my sinuses. In the same way, you filled filled with the Spirit of God can be a healing agent in the world to people who have been hurt by religion, People have been abused. People have been turned away from God by other things. We can be a healing agent because we are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Everybody say, I am the salt of the earth. Say it with me. I am the salt of the earth. Let's see what else you are. Jesus says this in the next verse, verse 14. You are the light of the world. Everybody say, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one puts a lamp. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, when Jesus first made that statement, again, in this ancient first century culture, the original audience, they all would have known what the inside of a Palestinian home looked like. All these homes would have had one window. And at the end of the day, they'd have to light their candle. And you can imagine that without a lighter or a match, that it was you had to kind of protect your flame. You had to protect your fire, and so it would be difficult to light that candle or that lamp 
that would light up that whole room, that whole home. And so they'd spend time getting their candle lit, and if they would ever leave after that candle was lit, after that lamp was burning on the table, they'd take a bowl and they'd put the bowl over the candle. The bowl had a little hole in it so the, 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 the flame could get the oxygen it would need, the smoke could escape. They'd turn up to protect that candle from blowing out so they wouldn't have to relight the candle when they return home. Jesus is saying, hey, when, when you're in the house, you don't ever do that. You don't ever put the bowl over the candle when you're in the house because you want the benefit of the light to light up the room. Jesus is saying, as Christians, don't ever cover up the light. Verse 16, in the same way, Jesus goes on, let your good deeds, why? Because you're the light of the world. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's who you are. You are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. Everybody say, I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The world needs salt because it's impure. The world needs light because the world is dark. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Because you are a light you don't run from the darkness. You shine into the darkness. Because you are salt, you don't run from the impurities. God uses you as a change agent, an influence in the world around you. And let me just tell you, Christian, as we follow Jesus, you don't ever have to force your light to shine. Here's what I mean. Somebody, somebody looks at you and you're going like this, like, Trying to, you know, what are you doing? Mm, trying to shine my light. Mm, mm. It looks like you have to go to the bathroom. That's not what we're looking. Look, that's what we're looking for here. As a Christian, because of what God has done, and because of who you are, when we realize who He is and who He has made us to be, the the light shining from our lives, the salt, the, being the salt of the earth, that's just a natural overflow, and you just let it shine. In fact, in, in Acts chapter sixteen, there's a great example of this. These two guys who just let their salt and light living impact anyone who was close by. Their names are Paul and Silas, and these men had been transformed by Christ. Their lives had been changed literally, miraculously. And so everywhere they went, everywhere that Paul and Silas went, and they were trying to take the message of God, the message of Jesus, all over the known world. Everywhere they went, they were telling people about Jesus, about the resurrection and the, the religious authorities, well, they didn't like what Paul and Silas had to say. And so they would tell, say to Paul and Silas, hey, you got to stop. You, you can't be out here talking about that. And, and Paul and Silas wouldn't stop. And so they would be arrested, and they would get beaten up, and they would get arrested again, and they'd get beaten up some more, and over and over again. But they simply wouldn't stop. And so when we pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul and Silas have been, have been arrested again. They've been stripped They've been flogged, which is a beating with, with a whip. They've been put into prison. Their arms are in shackles. Their legs are in stocks. And so this is a really, really bad day. So what do you think Paul and Silas are doing after this bad day? Well, look at Acts 16, verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. This is, this is amazing to me. They were just, just because of who they were. Just because of who they were, they were letting their light shine. 
It's a little bit like, have you ever seen the moon? Maybe a couple weeks ago we had a super moon. You guys see the super moon? And the moon is just beautiful, and it's huge, and it's shining bright. Like, and you're like, what a bright moon. Well, let's get technical for a minute. Is the moon bright? Well, no, not really. The moon's not bright, is it? What's bright? The sun, yeah. The sun is bright. What's the moon doing? The moon is simply reflecting the light of the sun. And in the very same way, that is what you do as the light of the world. You may not be bright on your own. I know I'm not. But you simply reflect the sun. It's reflecting off of you, and you just let it shine as a natural overflow of who God is and what God has done in your life. If you want to get a little bit cheesy with me this morning, can we get a little cheesy? It helps me every now and then. There's an old song I used to sing in junior church when I was a kid. Do you remember the song? It goes, you hold your finger up and you go, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Remember that one? This little light of mine. Remember, you guys remember the song, right? Yeah. All right. There was a great part of that song that said, do you hide it under a bushel? And you take your other hand and you go like that. And you go, what? Somebody said it. No! You didn't come. No. You went, no! And of course, when you're a kid, you know, this is great because you get to yell in church, right? Hide it under a bushel. No! And you'd yell, and it was a lot of fun. Very good. If you said no, if, if whoever said that, that you, were, you were paying attention in VBS. We're proud of you. All right, good job. Uh, so before they gave you cookies and stuff at the end of the class, hide it under a bushel. No. My favorite verse, though, was don't let Satan, you could say blow it out, right? But as a kid, you got to spit. You got, don't let Satan it out. You got to make the raspberry sound and all the spit would fly in your friend's face and that was fun. Don't let Satan, I'm going to let it shine. Listen, if you are a Christian your light, and your light is not shining, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth. If you are a follower of Jesus and your light is not shining, there are likely two reasons why. Number one, you're hiding it. You've put it under a bushel. You're hiding your light, and I pray that you'll take the bowl off. You'll take the bushel off. Hide it under a bushel? No. Or number two, Satan's it out. Satan's blowing it out, and I pray that the Spirit of God would reignite the fire in your heart and that you would let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That's who you are. If you are a follower of Jesus, it's not like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I, I go to church on Sunday. No, no, I... I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been transformed by him. It is my greatest joy to reflect and to represent his love. So here's what happens in Acts 16. When their light was shining, verse 26, these guys are in prison, they're in shackles, they're in chains, they're singing. Verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. God's just going to show off a little bit here. And the prison door was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell, fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Why would he do that? It's because he knew very well that if any prisoner escaped on his watch for any reason, he would be publicly executed, and he didn't want to go through any of that, so he thought, I'll just get over with it here myself. Verse 28, but Paul shouted him, stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Now, this is amazing to me on several different levels because if God had broken me out of prison chains, chances are pretty good I'd be like, 
Bye-bye. I'd be out the door as fast as I could. I think you probably would be too. But the jailer, that jailer was the guy who put me here. He was the guy who did this with my legs. He's the bad guy. He's the darkness. I'm out of here. And that's what so many Christians do today. They look at people and they go, ooh, darkness. The music, the TV, the drinking, the tattoos, the spiky hair, the sinners in the bar, whatever it is, and they run. No, no, no. Darkness is not something we run from. We're the light of the world. We shine light into the darkness. And so that's what Paul and Silas did. They stuck around and they said to the guy who, 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 who they could have wanted to see harm, who they probably wanted to see harm, hey, hey, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. We're still here. What did they do? They showed love for that guy. That's what they did. That's being salt and light. They were concerned about him. They showed love for a guy that, that did not deserve their love. What an incredible act of love. It's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when you see darkness as an opportunity to shine your light into it rather than run away from it. And that's exactly who you're called to be. You need to own that wherever you are, oh, but it's dark. No, 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 no. You shine into the darkness. Oh, but, but it's so impure. No, you are an undercover change agent working to bring people to the love and the goodness of God. That's who you are. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. And please notice this. Salt and light living changes lives. That's what it does. Your salt and light living, it changes lives. And that's exactly what happens in Acts 16. Paul and Silas stood around and said, we're still here, we're still here. Verse 29, the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out of the dungeon, out of the, of the cell, and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I think that's the most important question that anyone could ever ask. Basically, he's saying to them, guys, I, I've seen your life. I've seen your faith. What do I have to do to have what you have? What must I do to be saved? I want what you have. You have created a thirst. I've seen you worshiping when you shouldn't have been worshiping. I heard you preach when they told you to stop. I've seen your God act. I've seen it with my own eyes. Now I want it. What must I do to have what you have? And here's what they said, verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You, uh, you and along with everyone in your household. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you become a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. Call on him and you will become God's masterpiece. His most prized work of art. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God himself prepared in advance for you to do. Call on him and you'll become more than a conqueror. Call on him and you will become his ambassador, God's highest ranking diplomat sent from heaven to earth. Call on him and you will become salt of the earth and you will be the light of the world. When you call on him, you will never, ever be the same. And here's the deal. When you know him, not, not when you go to church, but when you know him, you will be salt and light. You can't stop it. It just happens. Here's, here's what's so amazing to me about this story with the jailer. This happened in a city, an ancient city called Philippi. And many people believe 
that it was this single event that we read in Acts 16 that brought about the birth of the church in the city of Philippi. Two people sharing with one guy whose whole family was changed from that overflow, overflowed into a church which had an influence then on an entire community and then an entire region of the world. That's why you are called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You're, you're not just a, you know, just a regular Christian who goes to church and believes moral things. No, no, no. You are a divine change agent. You are an influencer. And you are ready to shine brightly into the darkness, shine to the world that's already right next to you. That's who you are. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Would you pray with me? For our communion team, go ahead and take their places. Be ready to serve. Father, thank you for telling us, reminding us today who we are and giving us not only this privilege to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, but the, but, but the responsibility that comes with that as well. That as you shine into our lives, we can reflect your light. We reflect who you are. So thus, when we use our, our lips and our tongue. We use our hands and our feet. We are your hands and feet. We are speaking your words of compassion and hope and grace into the darkness all around us. Father, teach us to shine as we reflect who you are. And now, God, as we come to this time of communion, as we prepare to share together in the, the body and the blood of Christ this bread, this cup, Father, we are reminded of the great love that you have displayed for us and the great responsibility we have to share that love with everyone around us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.